0: We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Welcome, Auburn, into the Tuesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm. And the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, the host of this show. Today I've got Tom Peavy and Brooks Childress with me as we again have a shortened edition of Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show on this Tuesday because once again... Borgard High School basketball will be in action starting right around 5 o'clock, so we'll take you up to about 4.45 here on this Tuesday. It'll be our last shortened show of the week, our last Borgard broadcast coming up today of 2023. Of course, we'll have a lot of basketball, baseball, and softball coming up in the winter and spring months in 2024, but again, our last shortened show for that reason of 2023. Again, uh, we'll be with you to 4.45 today. And, of course, we'll be talking a lot of different things in the football world uh, as we continue to count down to National Signing Day, which is now tomorrow. And so we will be having uh, a good time for a full show tomorrow to tell you about all the commitments, all the National Letters of Intent signed, And hopefully, if you're Auburn, a couple of more flips – uh, so we'll be talking a lot about that tomorrow, and we'll talk a little bit about it today for sure. In this shortened show, we do have Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer on still, as he does each and every Tuesday on uh, this Tuesday at 3.30. And so uh, we'll have that coming up here in about a half hour. And Of course, we want to hear from you on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free one 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Again, Ryan, Tom, and Brooks with you here on this tuesday we'll start with you tom good to see you again sir i hope your weekend was well and uh again great to see you on this tuesday
2: yeah glad to be back uh wasn't able to be here yesterday due to uh uh other uh things i had going on i guess you could engagements say. engagements yeah so uh party. yeah, yeah. <laughs> found Daddy's christmas party so uh yeah we had a had a good time with that but uh the weekend was good uh the weather was crappy uh, uh me and uh Uh, Michelle went to Fantasy and Lights and got rained on. So, yeah. But uh, sports-wise, man, I haven't even had a chance to talk about the the big win over Southern Cal. Uh, Just an incredible, incredible performance by Auburn against a really good basketball team. So, uh, excited there and still trying to keep an eye on all the recruiting stuff going on uh obviously ryan smith is a big one that everybody is is got their eyes on right now ryan williams Oh, williams, yep. uh ryan williams um i i thought i i thought i i thought i misspoke that way as soon as i said it ryan williams uh was here at the basketball game seemed like he was having a good time all the students chanting his name and don't know if they're going to be able to flip him from alabama or not but they sure are dang trying and uh yeah, excited about it. We'll, we'll take those first steps towards all of that tomorrow with uh, National Signing Day, and hopefully things go smoothly and you don't have any of the surprises that have hindered Auburn in the past.
1: Yeah, hopefully the the script is flipped. Uh, there's a couple of surprises in Auburn's favor, yeah. hopefully. Uh, there's a, a group of about four or five kids that, that Auburn is waiting on decisions from that are very much involved, a couple of five-star guys. Uh, again, like you said, again Ryan Williams always going to keep reminding everyone that that one's not going to be till February uh, to when he can sign. So that that is not necessarily an item for tomorrow, uh, but but certainly something to be keeping an eye on throughout this process. So yeah, no, a, a lot of guys still uh, again a, a handful of very important players making decisions tomorrow, and then of course Auburn trying to make sure that there's no. Uh, Surprised with the guys they do have already committed. Brooks Childress on the show on this Tuesday. You heard him on the Beauregard High School basketball broadcast yesterday evening. Brooks, good to see you again, sir. How are you today?
3: I am doing great. Yeah, it's uh, it was a fun time last night at Beauregard. Uh, always fun to watch the, the the Hornets play some basketball, even in a losing effort. They're always still fun. Uh, there'll be uh, Tim Sin and. Uh, the crew will be back out there tonight. I, I will not be with them this evening, but uh, great to have them two nights in a row, get some basketball in here before the holiday breaks uh, get underway uh, for for them and the, their crew. And so it's uh, it, it's always fun uh, for some high school basketball. Um, but other than that, it's uh, it's a great day. Uh, we've got some bowl action tonight. I'm really excited about uh, the college football. Uh, every, almost every night uh, for the next two weeks, uh, with with uh, bowl season fully in swing, and so it's always great. Can't wait to talk about some of uh, some of the uh, the happenings from the recruiting world, some of the happenings from the basketball world. As the Tigers have almost uh, have, have a little bit of a break here this week, they won't play a midweek game. They'll get the Friday game against Alabama State. Uh, and then they'll be off for their holiday break uh, until at, right after uh, Christmas when they return to action. But it's a, it's a great day. It's a wonderful weather outside, a little chilly, but uh, we're getting through it. And I can't wait to uh, talk to all of our callers as I do, as we do every single day.
1: Absolutely. And we'll get a little bit into bowl season uh, a little bit later in this show. As, again, uh, you know, it's going to pick up a lot uh, for sure. And it's already had a couple of tremendous games, the one yesterday during our show. Uh, was a lot of fun to watch and had a, a TV number of note to, to relay uh, when it comes to that. We'll start today, though, with uh, some more Auburn roster news as that continues to be an almost daily basis. There's an update or two. It's not necessarily someone departing or or arriving, but maybe sometimes somebody staying. And so to catch you up to speed on the last couple of days, Rivaldo Fairweather yesterday uh, made it clear that he would be returning to Auburn for another season. Big time. And uh, that is big time. And, and again, all these guys, I, I will say it probably 10 more times throughout this process, and then next time we have the process, I'll say it 15 more times and, and that sort of thing. But I appreciate anyone and everyone saying they're coming back, even if it seems trivial to some, uh, just because you never really know who to count as a for-sure returnee. And, and that can go – some guys that have always decided to make – a Interesting decisions to go pro, but now, obviously, with the transfer portal, there's so many guys that might be looking for such a different op- kind of opportunity. And so I appreciate even if guys seem like a for sure they, that they would return, I appreciate guys verbalizing that. So yesterday, Rivaldo Fairweather said he would return. And then today's news, one guy that will depart will be Zion Puckett, uh, the safety uh, for the Tigers. He will play in the bowl game. Uh, However, he will enter the 2024 NFL draft afterwards, so he will not return to the Tigers next year. Someone else that is returning is Jack linebacker Jalen McLeod. He will return to 2024. Again, that was a guy that the coaches had talked a lot about in the preseason this year, We're really excited about him. However, did not have much sustained health. I mean, he was not able to get really 100% healthy until the latter part of the season, which he did start to play significantly better, but he – will definitely be in that mix for pass rushers for Auburn next year. So he's announced that he will return. And then I'll give you one more bonus roster update, not really pertaining to Auburn's roster, but certainly relevant to Auburn, is that Talia Tagovailoa, the Maryland quarterback, announced a couple hours ago that he will not play in the Music City Bowl. I know Anthony from Auburn had called in asking us about that yesterday. And as of yesterday, Talia was supposed to play. But today, Coach Mike Loxley announced that Talia will not play in that bowl game, which I find to be very interesting. And so Maryland will be without their veteran multi-year starting quarterback. So, guys, what do you think of all those roster announcements, decisions, and, again, the Maryland decision there at the end with Talia? Uh,
2: The fair weather thing uh, is is big. I mean – Literally, uh, I mean, he, he is a big body guy that you like to have. You think about the big bodies that are potentially coming in here if they do sign uh, with Cam Coleman and then uh, Perry Thompson. You add Fairweather to that. Uh, obviously, he's listed as a quote unquote tight end, but we all know that he's more of a wide receiver than anything. Uh, that's got a potential to have some really big dudes out there on the field at, at wide out or or tight end slash wide out. So I'm happy to hear he's coming back. Uh, some of the others, it, it's just kind of, you know, to be expected type thing. I, I don't know that it uh, – the ones leaving, uh, I, I, I haven't really heard any that are just like earth-shattering. Uh, I think the
1: most significant one would still probably be for transfer portal guys, Javarius Johnson. Yeah, exactly. And then Puckett, and uh, certainly Marcus Harris. For uh, Harris going
2: pro. Yeah, Harris. Okay. Harris, you know, electing to go pro. That's a that's a loss, but you know that's that's it happens. I mean, th- those are the things that happen. Uh, now, as far as uh, as far as uh, it's how do you pronounce his name? Talia. 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 I, I've never understood how to pronounce <laughs> his name. Talia. I,
1: I, I think there's still a couple of variations of okay. it, but I've been I've been pretty confident in Talia for a long Talia.
2: time. Talia, okay. Uh, well, him opting out, I, I mean, obviously that's big news because I mean he's a really good quarterback, and uh, you know anytime you go into a bowl game and you're facing their backup, but then again that, that could be bad because you I don't know who their backup is, but I mean I'm assuming there's probably not a whole lot of tape on him, and so. Yeah, it does. That kind of throws your game plan in in because, I mean, you know what to expect from, from one quarterback, and all of a sudden you get the other one. Uh, you would have to think that it's probably a step down uh, from their starter, so that should play in Auburn's favor, but like I said, when it comes to game planning, I mean, if it's a quarterback that you don't have a lot of tape on, then uh, that, that could be a challenge. So, uh, kind of interesting to see, but again, uh, you know, in the world of college football, that's where we're at with all these guys uh, declaring to uh, they're skipping out on bowl games uh, and big time star players uh opting out of bowl games. So, I don't like it, but it is what it is. I don't like it, but I understand it because you know, these guys are looking at millions and millions of dollars on the line and they go out there and blow their knee out. It's like, well,
1: yeah, you know, but to you leave- could do that you could do
2: that anywhere throughout the season, yeah. not just the bowl game, but yeah.
1: Talia, though, that case seemed more interesting because the reasoning I gave to Anthony yesterday why I thought that he would play is he is not a first-round guy. Right. Uh, he is somewhere in the middle rounds, I would think. Uh, if that, I mean, I'm not too familiar with him exactly in the, in the pecking order, but I know he's not a top-five quarterback prospect and, again, not going to be a first-round guy. And if that's the case, then I would say that he probably had more to gain by playing against Auburn. But I guess the thought is is that he's played so long, people kind of know what he is by right. now. You know, one more game is not going to really change that. I mean, he's got just, uh, again, pretty gaudy numbers because he played in 44 games, over 11,000 pass yards, 77 touchdowns to 37 picks. So, I mean, again, I when you have that much on somebody, I guess the, the, the counterpoint to my point yesterday is that you kind of know who he is, and, and one game is not going to significantly change that at this point, especially in – just, uh, you know, kind of a, a middling bowl game, not sort of some championship environment. So, uh, you know, I guess it makes more sense w- with that. But still, I think that, you know, he, with it not being a, a high draft pick, I would have probably played. But, uh, again, to each their own, and, and we'll see how it works out. Certainly, as you said, though, Auburn will be facing just a completely different type of guy. But, uh, Brooks, turning into you, again, a couple of returnees for the Tigers there, guys like uh, Jay McLeod. Uh, you also have Zion Puckett leaving, and uh, again the Talia news.
3: Yeah, I mean, in, in, you know, the the roster news for for the Tigers. Um, it's like Tom said there. When, when you're looking at the guys that are are leaving, there's never there's not one outside of uh, you know, when when you're looking at transfers, there's not really one outside of Javarius Johnson that you're like, oh my gosh, that that's kind of a you know, you're like uh, that that kind of hurts a little bit. Um, obviously, some of the guys go into the draft. Um, that, you know, as Tom said, it happens every single year. It, it does, it, it never, it, and you know, I, I don't want to take away, even though it happens every single year, it's never a fun thing to hear when, when you get a guy leaving early, especially a guy that can contribute. Um, but Uh, You know, I I think it's it's something that you you look at the the work that the the recruiting have been uh, the the guys have been doing recruiting on the defensive side of the ball this year. And there was a stretch there uh, that you were getting, you know, several recruits committing in a row. Uh, for for this Tigers team, they were all defensive guys, and they were all pretty pretty highly rated defensive guys. And so you you look at the, the defensive side of the ball. Um, I, I think that th- this Tigers team is is you know is going to be set up well in the future and coming up here next season. Um, with Talia, uh, it it's it's a little baffling uh, because like you said, Ryan he, He's not a guy that's projected to be a high draft pick. Um, maybe he he gets picked up as like a project quarterback somewhere um but also you know he, he may be a guy and you know I have no I have no basis for this this is just me me spitballing out here uh, but maybe he's a guy that goes to the NFL and kind of changes positions gets a – you know they, they try to move him around to you know to a wide receiver type of thing uh or something and well
1: I don't know if he's athletic enough to that personally. Uh, well I mean, maybe he's I'm decently athletic but he's he's about like his brother I mean he he can run a little bit but I, he is not some, Lamar Jackson type of guy. Yeah, well
3: I'm I'm just saying if he wants a chance in the league. I mean, you you got a you've got a guy that could, you know, you, you maybe could could change position or something like uh you know, in, but you know, it, it's it, it's it is a little baffling that he is uh he is stepping out. And I was looking at it uh on their roster. I think the next guy up would be uh Billy Edwards who is a transfer quarterback that came to to Maryland from uh Wake Forest. And he's uh, he hadn't gotten a lot of snaps this year. I think it's he's gotten a couple snaps in two games that were kind of blowout games. uh, But he's a he's a guy that's going to step up, probably be the guy because the other quarterbacks on the roster, you have a true freshman and you got two redshirt freshmen on the roster that have not seen a lot of playtime either. Uh, and so this this Tigers team is going to have to you know get into that film room, especially the defense, and, and figure out what you got uh, coming in at quarterback at the quarterback position for for Maryland. So it does give you a little bit of a wrinkle. It, it does give you, but it also gives a wrinkle to Maryland because it's like it, you weren't uh, up until you know I guess probably a, a couple days ago, really, because I'm sure that uh, he went and told uh, Mike Locksley and the staff that he was not going to play a couple days ago before announcing. Um, but it's it throws them a wrinkle too because now they got to prepare for a new starting quarterback for uh, over the next week and a half, two weeks with a Christmas break in between. Uh, so it, it's it's a little bit of the of the same uh, for both sides. The defense has to adjust to a new quarterback being back there, a new skill set being back there, but also the other team has to adjust to having a new starting quarterback there, especially a guy like you said, Ryan, forty four games at at Maryland, uh, you know, a, a guy that was their starting quarterback for the last couple years, last few years. Uh, now you're you're without him all of a sudden, and you've been and it's not like you had a whole offseason to get ready for it either. It, it's you didn't have a spring and a summer and a fall camp to get ready for it. You've got a week and a half with a Christmas break in between to to get ready for, it. and you're not even preparing the whole time at your own place. You get a few practices this week there, and then your next practices are going to be after Christmas in Nashville, and so it's a it's a lot. So it, it's a difficulty on both sides of of the. Uh, for each team when when you have a guy like this uh, opt out when it's, you know, it, it's kind of a baffling situation.
1: Yeah, and look, I, so a couple, couple things to wrap up on Talia. Yeah, he he is not being listed in anyone's really top ten QB prospects that I'm seeing. So yeah. it, He's it,
2: not his brother. Yeah, it
1: very much could <laughs> be a guy that is undrafted uh, even. So that's befuddling. fuddling. And then I did – there was a draft profile that did slap a 40 time on him, and he – as of his last 40 speed, he was 4.83, which is not NFL speed at all. So, uh, again, I don't I don't know if he's got an NFL future. Let me put it that way. So, I am a little bit surprised by this, but we'll see uh, if he can get on a practice squad or something. Anyway – Somebody for,
3: must be telling him something if he's
1: opting yeah, out. People people lie. <laughs> <laughs> people lie. So, uh, you know, I think that when you're looking at it from Auburn's perspective in the bowl game, I think it's – I, I could see why someone would be a little disappointed because you want to go up against the established college quarterback. that's certainly understandable. I look at it as a a little bit of an opportunity because and a little bit more of a true transition into the next season. I don't really care as much about the confirmation or lack thereof in this past team. This team went six and six. It's not really about proving that this team had more in it or, trying to say that a, a bowl win is going to all of a sudden turn the season from a man's season to a good season. I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it's about getting this mix of guys, most of which are going to be back, because a couple of the guys that are not going to be back are already opting out. Not many, but a couple. And you're going to have the majority of your guys returning and that sort of thing. I think it's a more so about the – opportunity for these guys to kind of deal with more of a game week scenario like this is more of like hey you're going to play a team like Cal early in the season next year okay and I know you know Cal a little bit because you played him last year but you're dealing with just a couple weeks of practice because you don't have a bunch of tape on this kid on on the quarterback that they're going to end up playing you're going to have to kind of do your own scouting and, and do your own planning and practice on you focus on you to a degree and so I think that it's maybe a better and more clear transition into trying to move on from this 23 season to 24 because it's going to be more, it's going to simulate more of a next year situation. That might be Maryland's quarterback next year. It might not, it may, but I know it wouldn't be Talia. And then for your, if you're Auburn, you know, you're, you're trying to plan for a guy you haven't seen much. Well, that's much more like how it's going to be early next year because there's going to be guys you haven't seen much tape on so uh, i like that part of it for sure and again i i didn't think that look you want to win period you don't care if talia's playing you don't care if tua came back and (laughs) played even though he wouldn't be eligible and he didn't play there like you don't care who it's against you want to win obviously but the point is at six and six in the music city bowl knowing how painful the last loss of the year was even the last two for different reasons like, yeah, it'll make you feel a little bit better going in the offseason, but it won't change those two results. And it won't make you think, oh, this team actually had an awesome year. Like, again, six and six, seven and six is, is what it is. And it's not a fail from year one either. And we talked about why uh, earlier this year, because, uh, again, there's been a lot of work to do. But again, it's still six and six. So it's not the ultimate goal. And going to seven and six is not going to make you think that this was all of a sudden a raging success versus a minor success or, or whatever you might think it was. So, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to appreciate the opportunity to play a little, uh, a little something different than what was anticipated. Another minute or two, then we'll have to take our break, get to Justin Ferguson at 3.30. Again, uh, our shortened edition of the show day will end about 4.45. also want to ask you guys, there was uh, one more bit of roster news for Auburn today and it's that there is going to have to be news at some point. I know that's incredibly vague, but that Jarquez Hunter is undecided for next year. He's going to play in the bowl game, and then he's going to make a decision whether, I, I believe, whether to either go to the NFL draft or return to Auburn. So your guys' thoughts on Hunter, his impending decision, and how big of a priority would it be for Auburn to keep him?
2: Um, Priority? I. I don't know about priority. Obviously, you want to keep him because he's a hell of a good running back. But you look at the stable that's behind him, I I don't think that you drop off. Just uh, you, There's not a drastic drop off if you lose him. So, priority, yeah, you want to keep him. But, I mean, you it's not uh, of the utmost priority to keep him because you are very comfortable with everybody else you have back there in that backfield. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I hope he comes back. But, yeah, it's I, I feel good about whoever's back there right now, though I mean, Damari's great, the T is great, Cobbs great. I mean, they've got some backs they've they've got some horses in the stable,
3: yeah, I think that and and I think that's something that w- was very positive, and I, I know there you know a lot of people didn't uh, it, w- it was you know beginning of the year when the uncertainty if Jarquez was going to play or not. Uh, hit. I think that's one thing that a lot of people had questions about was the running, the rest of the running back room, because I think we all knew that they were, you know, touted backs. And we just didn't know because Jarquez got the majority of the carries coming into this season. Um, and so when, when you, Jarquez was out for those uh, couple games at the beginning of the year, I think you got to see that running back room shine a little bit more and uh, the guys behind him uh, shine a little bit more. Now Jarquez got it going as the, the season went on and you, you saw the back that he could be and uh, that, that he, you know, he is. And so obviously I'm, I'm with Tom. It would, it's a guy that you really do want to keep. Uh, because he is such a talented running back, just a, a veteran presence back there uh, to to keep uh, to be in that backfield. But if for some reason he were to decide to to move on uh, and not return to Auburn uh, next year, uh, it you know you've got three guys that are uh, that that can carry the rock uh, fairly fairly well uh, back there and. You know when, when you've got a it, when you know we're gonna get it solidified tomorrow with the the signing class. But when you've got this class of wide receivers coming in, and you add the the three guys. Uh, if you take Jarquez out, you add the three guys that are still in that running back room. Um, you've got a lot of good stuff for Peyton Thorn to work with if he is in fact the guy going into next year. Uh, and and you got to start feeling a little bit better about that where this offense is going into year two
1: if he frees. And, and running back, of course, is the position where again we'd have to again go through the doldrums of where exactly hunter's draft stock would land because again I don't think that would be incredibly high either but with running backs there's just a the pitch count man and like there's just there's a there's an ability to take a certain amount of hits and then most guys start declining and that's why if there's usually a doubt at all these guys go ahead and go because again the, you don't you, we, we've had the conversations all year long. Like It's, it's been a topic on the show multiple times. Like NFL running backs, they don't last long. They are not built for durability. Uh, and, and getting to 30 is a big accomplishment and still being a, a worthwhile running back. There's only a, a few guys that do that. And so uh, with Hunter and with any running back, even though it might seem questionable, you might not be drafted and all this, just like you take another year of hits, even at the college level, I mean, that's just that's a few more hits you're not going to be able to, to last through in the NFL. So that that to me is something that running backs always have to consider is that they play the shortest lifespan position. And even going back to college another year, you know, it may and maybe look, you maybe you say, well, I'm going to go from a situation to where I wouldn't get drafted to. If I'm just awesome next year, I could still get drafted in the third round or something. And, and maybe that's true. Maybe that's the calculus on why you stay. But, again, I just know that if all things are going to be similar, you don't want an extra year of hits without getting uh, getting the, the ability to play in the league. So uh, that is certainly going to be understandable. And he put himself in this position – to have a, a chance at this decision by the last five or six games, because the first half of the year, I mean, I, I, they, it wasn't made any sense at all. I mean, that he definitely moved up in some people's minds in the second half of the year. But as you guys said too, like Demari Austin, I think you saw hints of him trying to develop into an every down back early this season. I still think he can do that. You saw Brian Batie be a great change of pace guy. He he will have one more year of eligibility. Uh, if he uses it. So, again, that's somebody you can get out on the edge, uh, be definitely a change of pace guy. And then Jeremiah Cobb, there's still a lot of optimism for him. Uh, the former four-star running back that was just a true freshman this year, got him in some games, and there's a lot of optimism there. I mean, And, again, Auburn has really not recruited that position uh, in the 2024 class. So, again, in that instance, you numbers-wise, don't want to start losing a bunch of guys, but also there's really not room in a, in a backfield for four to actually get meaningful time Uh, you can definitely get two meaningful time and sometimes three depending on how much you use it but uh, there is not room for four so again it would be perfectly understandable uh, if hunter moved on or if if hunter stayed if someone else moved on in turn we are out of time for this segment when we come back justin ferguson of the auburn observer will join us we'll chat all things auburn basketball and football next here on tiger 95.9
0: Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger ninety five point nine, 5.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy with you here on this Tuesday afternoon as we go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line where we welcome on Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Ferg, as always, the time is greatly appreciated. How are things in your world?
4: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: Doing very well. And, of course, a big week ahead for Auburn mainly a big day tomorrow with national signing day but let's first look back this past weekend Ferg at the basketball team as they had uh, another big weekend of their own as Auburn defeats USC by double digits Uh, another great environment Neville Arena again surprising to those outside of the Auburn basketball sphere like Yahoo Sports Uh, give us a, a little bit on again the vibe in that arena how it compares to some other big games and again what what this Auburn offense continues to do well with
4: yeah it felt like a weekend a game in SEC play I think the atmosphere was great the crowd was packed out students a lot of them came back to make it a a true jungle kind of atmosphere and um yeah I mean I, obviously there was a lot of attention on this USC team and Brian James and Isaiah Collier and those guys a lot of NBA uh, national attention on this game and I, but, I mean, I think the big thing was is just Auburn was the better team and played like it for pretty much all 40 minutes um, and, and took advantage. I mean, it was just kind of what Auburn is, is right now. Um, this is a team that goes, you know, 10 or 11 deep pretty much every game. There's not much of a change or a drop-off between the starters and the reserves. And when you play a team like USC where it is all run through that backcourt of Collier and of, uh, you know, uh, Boogie Ellis um, and, and those guys, you know, it makes it easier for a team like Auburn to – do some of the things that uh, that make them, you know, who they are on, on the floor, and uh, they were able to play deep. Uh, they were play, able to, you know, crank up the pressure against that backcourt um, and create some turnovers and some things with the crowd behind them. And so, I mean, it was it was it was vintage Auburn basketball this year. Um, we've seen this team win a number of games like this, and uh, you know, at this point, I mean, they're just beating really good uh, basketball teams that you know, you know, with ease right now. Um, and you know USC has had some issues, obviously, and, and Virginia Tech and some of these other teams. But when you when you take when you're consistently you know covering the spread uh, and uh, and looking good on both ends of the floor, really helps your computer ratings. It really helps a lot of the numbers. And um, you know that's why I think Auburn, even though they're not in the human polls yet, as a ranked team because of those two losses. Um, you know that's why that's why the numbers are really really like this team. I mean there's something to be said for for playing your way and. And taking care of business against quality opponents.
2: Uh, How fun was it to see Dylan Cardwell be more than kind of a bona fide hype guy? And I mean, he had just an incredible game against Southern Cal.
4: Yeah, it was the best game of his career. And I think Dylan's done a great job this season so far of of, of playing his role and playing it really, really well. Um, You know, there are going to be some games where Jani Broom is not, you know, a a 20 point scorer. I mean, you know, he might, you know, he he just missed shots, um, had some open looks against that zone that USC ran. On uh, on Sunday and, and missed him, but it really didn't matter because Almer dominated that that front court matchup and Dylan did some heavy lifting of his own scoring. Uh, and, and I think Dylan's just did a great job this season as a senior of you know knowing his role, knowing his strengths, knowing his weaknesses, and playing to them. Um, this is a guy that rim protecting and rim running. He is he's very good at it. and He's a great athlete, um, plays with great energy on the floor. You know he's not going to have to play heavy, heavy minutes so he can go in and go kind of full speed the whole time uh, and played, you know, just, I mean, it was just a wonderful game for him on both ends of the floor. You know, best game he's played as a Tiger. And again, like, you know, I thought Jani played well, you know, outside of the shooting. um, But, you know, it's kind of like what we're seeing with Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson at the the point guard spot. If you are guaranteeing that you're going to have a real weapon at the five, all game long, it's not very many college basketball teams that can say that. There's usually a clear drop off between their best big man and the guy who's coming in to replace him. I think that gap's pretty shrunk pretty much for Auburn, you know, for the last few weeks because I think Dylan deserves a ton of credit uh, for playing a, playing a great brand of basketball, knowing who he is, and uh, Auburn is doing a good job of you know kind of unleashing what he's good at uh, on the floor, and that is, like I said, rim running and rim protecting. He's he's, he's excellent at it.
1: Coming into this year, Ferg, as you know, Bruce Pearl was concerned uh, about some aspects of the defense. Where, it, it seems to me that Auburn had, has passed a lot of tests in that department. Of course, USC yeah. certainly brought a lot of great guards to the table. What have you thought about Auburn's defense and, and what they have continued to do well?
4: I think the big difference here is the fact that Aiden Holloway and Trey Dawson have both gotten better as defenders uh, from, the, from Game 1 to Game 10. Um, these are guys that I think early in the year, um you know teams were kind of lining them up so to speak and what i mean by lining them up is you know, you will see uh offenses try to isolate or get the point guards in action and really kind of go right at them uh, line them up you know is, is, is the kind of term to use there and um you know early in the year i thought teams are kind of picking on those guys um a, a little bit on the defensive end recently they have done both have done a really good job i think you know trey Trey's done. You know, Trey is an excellent, aggressive defender who you know can create steals and make things happen. He's got that kind of DB mentality back there. I think Aiden's gotten a lot better as a as a defender over these last ten games. And you know, even when they get beat uh, off the dribble, and even when you know they leave some open openings, I think Auburn's done a much better job being a defensive rebounding team this year and a, a really good rim protecting team. So if you get past those guards, well, they're going to have to contend with. A really good front court around the rim, and so I think this team has got great chemistry. We see that on offense with the amount of ball movement they have, the crazy amount of assists they play with. I think see it on defense too. So these guys are locked in, they're communicating, and they're and they're helping each other out. So, you know, this this defense is is you know it's it's not a it's not a complete like strangle you kind of defense. It's not a defense that is going to um, you know have this crazy high turnover rate uh, every single game. Um, but I do think they just—they have weapons and they have depth, and they don't get worn out, and that—that that makes them a pretty strong defense over 40 minutes.
3: And, and Justin, you—you you touched on the, the the point guard play there with Holloway and Trey Donaldson, but you, talk about the crazy stats that they've been putting up these last couple of games, uh, going from mm-hmm. Atlanta to to Huntsville now to to Neville Arena the last three against quality opponents too.
4: Yeah, against three teams that are either. NCAA tournament teams from last year, or, you know, a lot of people thought they were going to be NCAA t- tournament teams this season. Um, yeah. Last three games for uh, the, these, for, for the two point guards. And remember these are the two youngest players on the rotation too. Um, you know, this is, I think uh, it's the Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson. Trey Donaldson have combined for 78 points, 25 assists and two turnovers. And that is, Phenomenal point guard play, um, and you're getting that from two really talented young guys. And I think what we're seeing is, is we're seeing, you know, a five star point guard really come into his own. And then you have a guy in Trey Donaldson who is playing, I mean, phenomenal basketball. But you know, why have we seen this from Trey Donaldson? I think a lot of it is due to the fact that this is his, this was his first full year, first full off season, where he got to just be a basketball player. You got to remember, this guy was an SEC caliber. Football player. Auburn signed him to play both sports, you know, concentrating on just one. He's getting more playing time this year. He got a full offseason to kind of, you know, compete for the job. And I think, you know, my, my advice to Auburn fans, because I get this from time to time when you talk about Trey and Aiden or Jani and Dylan or, you know, uh, Chad and Chris, I mean, pretty much every position on the roster for the most part, you know, you, you'll sit here and people will say, well, why isn't this guy starting over this guy? Or who's better between those two guys? I don't really think it matters that much because they are going to play pretty evenly. They're going to play deep on the bench. And it's, it's the fact that, you know, I wouldn't get hung up on who's the better player. I think you would, I I would, I would much rather focus on the fact that like, Hey, Auburn's going to have a really quality player on the floor at these positions for all 40 minutes. And it is rare to have that in, in college basketball. Uh, and, and I think Aiden and Trey play off of each other really, really well. I'd like to see them kind of play on the floor at the same time uh, a little more often. But when you have Denver Jones playing the way he has over the last few weeks, I know Katie had a tough game against USD, but he had been on a hot streak as well. Um, it's kind of like if, you, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Um those two point guards are just playing out of their minds right now. And, uh, you know, if you if you have that kind of depth and play from your from your point guard, point guard again all 40 minutes, that's a weapon that not very many teams are going to have, and it's going to put you in a great position to win.
1: And turning the page to football, Ferg, obviously tomorrow a big day for the program as they look to uh, solidify and strengthen a top-10 class. Uh, from what you're understanding with the program and, and feeling uh, with the optimism. Is Auburn continuing to be optimistic that they're going to end up flipping a couple more guys, or uh, is there anyone in particular they feel good about committing to them tomorrow?
4: I think there's a couple of guys to keep in mind uh, for tomorrow, and I think Auburn's going to get one of them, um, maybe more, but I wouldn't know which one to pick. But you look at it tomorrow specifically, obviously all eyes are going to be on K.J. Bolden, right? K.J. Bolton has been committed to Florida State for a while. Auburn has remained after him the whole time, you know, all throughout this season, and they are going to take it all the way down to the wire for him uh, and try to, you know, flip a five-star DB that I think is one of the best safeties I've ever seen coming out of high school. He's just got phenomenal film, phenomenal tape. Um, he's got everything you want. He he looks like a guy who could come in and be an SEC starter right away at safety. And we know Auburn's going to have to be replacing a couple of those this year, so it's a big pitch there uh, for KJ Bolden. Uh, There's two guys at Florida to keep an eye on, L.J. McCray and Amaris Williams. McCray is the Florida, you know, both those guys at Florida commitments on the defensive line. McCray's a Florida kid. If I had to bank on which one of the two is a lot more likely to flip, it would probably be Amaris Williams uh, from North Carolina. Auburn really, really likes him. This is a top 100 prospect, top 50 in some circles, a really elite defensive line prospect. Auburn needs those guys. The fact that they're still on the hunt for both of them this late in the game is a good sign. I think if you get – one of them you're thrilled if you get both of them you throw a parade um and then KJ Bolden like I said is another guy that Auburn's going to go down to the wire for and then this guy's not going to commit tomorrow um it doesn't sound like uh but Cohen Eccles, uh offensive line prospect four-star guy that Auburn's been after for a while decommitted from Texas A&M not too long ago uh sounds like he is going to Uh, you know, sign later in the week on his birthday. Um, So he will be one that you might have to wait on a little bit more. But you've got about four or five guys out there right now that Auburn's got a chance to flip. You flip one of them, you've got a real shot at a top 10 class. You flip more than one of them, it could be a phenomenal class, even better. But I do think the the hard work, a lot of the hard work's been done already. Um, Keeping these guys in the boat that they have committed is going to be big. And uh, yeah, you'll get some you'll get a little old school kind of Auburn Simon day feel tomorrow because um, they're going to make some runs at some guys to try to flip them and, and get back to what Auburn should expect year in and year out, which is, you know, top 10, top 12 caliber classes, stacking those over time. That's what – that's like the bare minimum of what you need – uh, to boot, compete for a championship in this conference and they this will be a great first step.
2: I, I know a, a lot of eyes are going to be on the wide receiver recruiting because there's a chance that uh, that Auburn may land one of the top uh, one of the top if not the top wide receiver groups in the entire country. Uh, but Bama has really turned the heat up on Perry Thompson. is there any concern that there could be a, a signing day surprise not in favor of Auburn when it comes to Perry Thompson?
4: I'm never going to say never, but I do think Auburn doesn't feel as uh, concerned as maybe some fans do at this point. Um, you know, you still want to kind of lock in and, and, and make sure everything happens. I mean, it is it is one of those things where it's like, if you're Auburn, you can't, you know, you can't sit here and, and say like, hey, you know, we're going to try to flip all these guys and not expect anybody not to flip your dudes. Um, and so I, I think Perry's going to be one of those guys that um, people are going to be waiting and keep an eye on real closely until you know he uh he he signs on um on wednesday whatever you know that looks like but i don't you know from what i can gather i don't think auburn's overly concerned of him flipping but i mean there's always a chance because it's it's alabama it's nick saban it's it's elite recruiting um so you know I, i don't think auburn fans should be deathly afraid of a flip um but i mean the possibility could still be out there for sure just because um you know Nothing's really nothing's really set in stone until they sign.
1: He's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joining us today on the show. Ferg, we'll close with this. The bowl game coming up here in, a, in just over 10 days or so. I know this will be our last conversation of 2023 with you, so I wanted to ask you about that news that Talia Tagovailola will not be playing and uh, just what Auburn is, is hoping to be able to accomplish in that game.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought with – Auburn secondary being in flux before this game, I thought that was a potentially troublesome matchup because you know Maryland throws the ball around a ton, and Auburn would be you know changing some things up you know at the in the defensive backfield. Um, Now we know that um, you know Tali is not going to be playing in that game. Maryland, I mean, he's been Maryland's quarterback really the last four years. Their backups don't have a ton of experience. They're still going to throw it around. They still got some really good receivers. I, I think. And this is just, you know, don't, don't, you know, don't say that this is me guaranteeing a win or anything like that for Auburn. But I do think if you look at the two rosters, um, they were comparable going in. I think Maryland's gotten hit a little bit harder with opt-outs and uh, guys, you know, going into the portal than Auburn has. Auburn should have a better crowd at home. I mean, you can see why this line's kind of growing to around a touchdown uh, for Auburn, especially with the news that Tagovailoa is not playing. it. so Auburn's gonna have to play a good game to win. Um, they're not going to be able to just kind of walk in and breeze through it uh, by any means. And, you know, it, it, let's, let's, let's be honest. You know, this is, <laughs> this is an opportunity to beat a team that went to a bowl game. And like, I think Cal's the only one you did, did that with this year. So it, it's an opportunity for sure. And I think Talia not being in this game, I think is going to you know make an impact um, especially because that was going to be a an area where um, they might have a clear advantage because of the way Auburn's having to change up in the secondary. Now, kind of a little bit more even uh, with the news that, uh, you know, the guy who leads the Big Ten all-time in passing yards isn't playing in this game.
1: He's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joining us today on Sports Call. And, Ferg, again, give our listeners a rundown about these next couple weeks of the Observer with all the different things to keep track of.
4: Yeah, so, I mean, we've got uh, the roster tracker is going to be in full swing tomorrow. Every time there's a guy signing, you know, what they're bringing in, all that will we'll, we'll kind of – keep an eye on all that uh, and keep track of everything that could be going on. Uh, well, you know, we'll have some signing day covers later in the week. Uh, our buddy Christian Clemente of uh, Auburn Undercover is going to join us for our podcast later in the week. So a lot of great recruiting info there for our subscribers we'll be able to get. And then yeah, basketball. We got basketball this weekend. Um, you know, got some, uh, you know, get, you know, got uh, a lot coming in with bowl practices and interviews. You know, I'll be up there in Nashville uh, next week. So, going to be a ton of stuff going on. It's a great time to sign up, auburnobserver.com. It is $5 a month or $50 a year from now to the end of December, uh, just our little holiday special that we're doing. So it's a perfect time to sign up, perfect time to give a gift subscription uh, because we're putting out a ton of stuff here, um, you know, over these next couple of weeks on Auburn football and men's basketball.
1: Well, Justin, as always, we, we certainly appreciate the time with you today and, and throughout the year. We wish you a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and we look forward to talking to you again uh, in
4: 2024. Absolutely. We'll be waiting for it. Thank you, guys.
1: Yes, sir. That is Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joining us today on Sports Call. We've got two or three minutes left here in the hour. Uh, we'll have kind of a, a long break coming up, so we'll keep it right here. Uh, again, a shorter edition of the show this afternoon, getting off air about 445 for Borgard High School Basketball, which starts right around 5 o'clock. Also want to remind you of the holiday schedule, as we just alluded to with Ferg. Uh, no show next Monday, obviously, with Christmas, and a best-of show on Tuesday. Again, some selections of the last few months, uh, different interview segments, that sort of thing. Uh, so that will be a best-of show on Tuesday. We'll return to normal Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week, and then have another day off for New Year's uh, that following Monday. So the next two Mondays will not have live shows. Uh, and then, again, next Tuesday, the 26th, we'll have a best-of show. And, again, this show is shortened. So, again, a lot of different schedule things there for you. Uh, and, of course, we'll always keep you up to date on the schedule uh, throughout the spring as, again, we'll have some shortened shows because of Boregard High School athletics and that sort of thing. But, again, minute or two left in this hour And, again, guys, that Auburn-Maryland game, which we'll get here before you know it. I mean, again, we're, what, 10, 11 days away from it on that big uh, smorgasbord of bowl games that weekend. Uh, You you got all the games on the 30th on that Saturday. You don't have any on the 31st because it's Sunday. We won't have a show on that Monday the 1st, which will be playoff day. So, again, you can kind of see how it's going to get on us pretty quickly with some of those. But uh, certainly for Auburn, as Ferg said, you're in Nashville, a place which is Auburn-friendly. Uh, this is the site where Auburn thumped a big tent team in 2018. And I am in no way implying that by the way, I'm just, just telling you that the recent history has been good there. Uh, but certainly things are aligning for Auburn to have a, a a shot at a really good
2: performance. Yeah. Um, it, and, and that's the big thing is go there and take care of business. I and mean, we've seen, we've seen some times where Auburn teams have, have gone into some of these bowl games and not taking care of business and it's gotten ugly on, on the other side. So, uh, I, I think Auburn is a better team than Maryland. Uh, you know, even with the struggles that Auburn had at points this season, I still feel like that Auburn is the better team. I think they're the more talented team. Go uh, take care of business, and, and that's that's the big thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. I, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, I'm more excited about tomorrow, though, than I am the bowl game because I think tomorrow – tomorrow could be unprecedented um it has the potential to be uh and it has the potential to set auburn up for the future so the bowl game is what it is but tomorrow has that potential national title type you know do you get to that level we're not there at the bowl game but tomorrow could set the stage for the years down for for huge huge things and uh I, I keep just seeing cryptic things that just kind of gets me excited. Like a, a little bit ago, Damari Austin put very cryptic. He just said, source, trust me. And he's been one of those that's been like eyeball emojis with recruiting and everything. And so it's like, what is he talking about? You know, is Alvin actually going to land KJ Bolden? I mean, is that really going to happen to go along with this wide receiver class? And well, I'll tell you this. And the number one defensive end in Mississippi and the potential of still maybe flipping Ryan uh, Williams at some point, it's like, good Lord. Like, wow. Well, I'll tell you this, the need's there.
1: Uh, There's a lot of players in the defensive backfield that will be departing. We already knew there would be a few, but then you add someone like Zion Puckett on top of that. Uh, There's a clear path to playing. (laughs) If you're K.J. Bold, you're a five-star player like that, Uh, there's a clear pathway for you from a very uh, early onset there. So certainly we'll be – in people's minds, and that will do it for the first hour of this show. Again, reminder: a abbreviated hour number two, up until about 4:40 440 or 4:45, is coming up next. If you want to give us a call today, 334-887-3401, locally or toll-free 1-889-Tiger9 Sports. Call returns after this end of hour timeout.
0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Second and final hour of Sports Call starting right now, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress with you here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Again, reminder that we will be getting off air in about 40 minutes or so as we'll have Boergrin High School – basketball to get to girls and boys starting right around five o'clock so again we'll be able to take your phone calls the next half hour plus uh, and then we'll be getting into the waning moments of the show today wanted to get to some bowl action so far this year Uh, we saw another really good bowl game yesterday uh, which again that's you just never know which ones are going to be the ones that you think about and the ones that entertain you the most, and on the docket is usually, uh, admittedly, not an old Dominion in Western Kentucky <laughs> Belt uh, to be forthcoming. However, that game kind of perfectly encapsulated why we still have the amount of bowl games that we do, and I also have some TV numbers this past weekend to back some of this up too. But it was twenty-eight nothing. Western Kentucky put on uh, had their third string quarterback in because Austin Reed didn't play and their first guy turned over like three times. Yeah, he's terrible. And then this kid came in, slinging it around a little bit. Momentum started to change. They blocked the field goal. They scored. They forced overtime after being down twenty eight nothing. They blocked the field goal in overtime, and ended up winning. And then to see that quarterback's face, I mean, just start bawling. After winning the game. Not like, yes, he balled during the game in a different way, balled but like he started to cry yeah. balling after the after the game was over. And, again, that just felt good to me because it's nice to see that how much some of these kids and teams still do care, even about a bowl game that, in our minds, one of the lower matchups of bowl season it ended up being one of the best matchups. I'm already going to tell you that's going to end up being one of the best ones. So that was a lot of fun to see. And then the TV number I wanted to read to you, don't always focus on ratings, but I think this is compelling enough for the show today. So these are from Saturday's offerings. Uh, shocker that the Shield won the day. 4.7 <laughs> for the Pittsburgh Indy game. 4.4 4 for the Denver-Detroit. 3.9 for the Minnesota-Cincinnati. Uh, and then you had their their game day coverage and that sort of thing that d- did well. But you had neck and neck. These these three all within .1, .2 of each other rating-wise. North Carolina, Kentucky basketball. I don't know if you're aware. It doesn't get much bigger than that in terms of brands and college basketball. UCLA, Boise State uh, in the LA Bowl, and in the Cure Bowl, Miami of Ohio, and App State. That's right. 1.3 for Carolina, Kentucky basketball. 1.4 for UCLA, Boise State, 1.2 for for Miami of Ohio and Appalachian State. And, oh, by the way, the Celebration Bowl between Howard and Florida A&M did better than Kansas and Indiana basketball wow. on CBS. .9 for Howard and Florida A&M, m for Kansas and Indiana. Again, by the way, two of the biggest brands in that sport. So these, So people are watching it more than college basketball even though that these are the smallest bowl games out there. Again, they're literally day one bowl games. And you get stories like yesterday from Western Kentucky where the third-string quarterback is crying after leading a 28-point comeback. That's why we do this, folks. Yeah. That's why we still have all these bowl games. That's the best thing I can point to to say, this is why we allow 80 teams to play at bowl games for stories like that, for stories like JSU yeah. getting their first-ever bowl appearance and winning. That this has been a really nice start to ball season, in my opinion,
2: it, it has. And, and that game yesterday, yeah, starting out twenty-eight to nothing, and uh, Western Kentucky just—I mean—they're turning it over every single time they had the ball. It just it, that game was about to be just ugly. Turn it off and go away. I, I think a lot of people may have turned it off and gone away from it after it was twenty-eight to nothing, and then all of a sudden you missed—you uh, know—the incredible comeback. If you did turn away, uh, turn away from it. Uh, third string quarterback, he comes in and he just starts leading him down the field. And then, goodness gracious, that receiver, number 17, made like two just unbelievably ridiculous catches. And he almost had another one that he dropped, or he tried to like one hand, backhand <laughs> catch it, uh, and it and almost had that one. But, uh, you know, just for, to watch that team just keep fighting like that and get it down to the end and, uh, end up, you know, Blocking, they blocked two field goals, including the one in overtime. And so then they got the ball back and end up kicking the field goal to win in an OT. That was a fun game. That, that and I mean, I would personally never sit down and go out of my way to watch Western Kentucky play Old Dominion. <laughs> but hey, it's bowl game and it yeah. was interesting. And that gum, if you didn't watch that, then you missed a hell of a game. You missed yeah. a very very entertaining football game with I, some very entertaining plays.
3: I would go out of my way to watch it in a regular season. You put it on. <laughs> I know you would.
2: Man. You love the
1: action. You love fun. Belt. It's it's
3: awesome. Um, yeah, I mean it, it, it hasn't been a bad start to bowl season, uh, and it it gets uh, it, it continues to just get better as you get more teams into it. But you know, uh, you, you look at the the games from Saturday. That Jacksonville State Louisiana game was fun down at the uh, in the Superdome um you you had the the flood that was in central florida at that app state miami ohio game that was just had a billion turnovers a bi- yep. well a billion fumbles is I what i should 10? say i yeah. don't know if
1: they were all turnovers but yeah, i think they fumbled 10 times combined uh,
3: and and it was just you know it was who can hold on to the ball the longest at that point who could win that football game um yeah Jerry Kill getting mad at at at, a, at New Mexico's AD Oh yeah. Uh Jerry Kill's always mad at somebody and that yeah. that's one of the, it,
2: it's hilarious. Well, I mean his last name is Kill.
1: <laughs> I mean
2: <laughs>
1: sure. Uh, Just as long as he doesn't actually live uh, yeah, up to. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh
3: you had late night uh Shreveport Louisiana action. Um why is that game kicking off at like 8:15 in, in central time? I don't know. Uh, getting, you know, nobody wants to be up that late. Nobody is up that late. Speaking of turnovers,
1: Cal felt like they turned it over about eight yeah. times against that one. They were on a backup quarterback. And
3: and then, you know, the, like you were mentioning yesterday, the, the famous toastery bowl up in Charlotte, it was, you know, we were sitting there watching it uh, here in the office, and Old Dominion was just running away with it. We are like, yep. ah, whatever. So, you know, I went out to, to Beauregard yesterday. I got there. One of the assistant principals was watching the game on his phone down uh, behind the stands uh, before the game and I turned around and I, I asked him like, what's going on and he he told he was like get yeah, the Western Kentucky's about to tie it up I'm like what, what? <laughs> and, and then he then you know I turned back around kept getting ready and then he said well we're going overtime I'm like what uh and so it's
2: it, it was 28 to nothing <laughs> I know and it's
3: you know I know people complain you know you complain about players opting out of bowl games and everything and not playing in bowl games I get it. That's that is. Kind of, it, it's getting to be a problem. But you also, you know, you, you you talk about it, and I know Steve's brought this up. Is that I don't know who to root for because it's you know it, it's not the players I watch play all year. Well, they're still on your team. You still, you know, they're they're still your you know, your team's players. Plus, it it, it kind of even it evens things out a little bit more on in some of these games where you know you you look at some of these teams and you don't know what's going to happen. Out there, some of the coaches don't know what's going to happen. They haven't practiced with these guys uh, all year. They've been on the practice squad or the uh, the third string, um, and so it's it, it's good. It, it brings up some really interesting games. Uh, I'm really interested in tonight's game, uh, UTSA and, and, and Marshall because UTSA was a team that was uh, a fairly decent team coming into the season. They they hit a few stumbling blocks. Marshall is what is you know the definition of 500. They're at six and six, but they're a scrappy football team. Um, it's gonna be. It's so fun. I, I love bowl season.
1: <laughs> yeah, and how much does it? I've, I meant to ask you this. We were talking kind of about your personal travels during the the holiday season. Yeah, have you done like some math in your head on how many bowl games you're gonna either miss part of or all of? No, because it
3: would depress me. <laughs> um, what I've actually, what I, uh, what I need to do is to. Figure out where I can uh, – all the places that I can stream the bowl on, on like – and, and uh, listen, I'm going to be doing most of the driving, so I won't be watching it because I'm, I'm a safe driver. But get it on the, the – find the stream on the phone of the, the radio feeds for these and get, you know, get get going. You know, you're driving down the, the road – Get a get a little stream of I'll go midweek next week a little, little stream of that uh that Clemson Kentucky game or a uh, little stream of smu Boston College going somewhere when you're driving that'd be uh that that's what I'm gonna have to do
1: well and one thing you can do stream wise uh, for that Clemson Kentucky game oh that's is true FM talk 93.9 we will be airing the Gator Bowl uh there on uh, our tiger Communications sister station FM talk 93.9 on December the 29th so we will Finish off our, our fall of football there. We've been going back and forth between Compass Media and Touchdown Radio. And so, Touchdown Radio will have uh, that Clemson and Kentucky game, a little ACC SEC action there. Uh, and that'll be our last uh, college football broadcast of the year, but been uh, excited about our partnership with them throughout the year. So, that will be able to be heard here on 93.9 or on the Tiger Communications app. On the uh, on the stream on FM Talk nine three point nine, so that's that will be a little that would be my suggestion for you, uh, for there if you're driving in all Brooks. But uh, yeah, no, bowl season off to a really good start. Uh, it it look admittedly, yeah, I mean it it does put a bummer on it when some of these big names um, leave and, and don't play in the game. Uh, you know, Jane Daniels announced the other day. I know we on Friday. If you missed this, this was a good this was a good bit of fun. We did this. You check it out in the sports called podcasters of my like Coca Cola. Uh, on Friday, we had a bowl game draft. Myself, Brooks, and Cam, where we kind of went down the list, selected our teams of bowl games. And I remember vividly saying, "Hey, I'm going to take this LSU bowl. Let's watch Jaden Daniels one more time. You know, he hasn't opted out yet, and blah blah blah." And he opted out, uh, <laughs> well, a day later, two days later. So uh, that that part of it does is disappointing. You don't get to see a lot of these guys one last time. However, the way I would quickly pivot is okay, you might get to see the next guy a game early and you see what you're going to start to build for next year a game early and I know there's a lot of time between now and next September, but Uh, again you still can find something in it for sure and and I just look at it as more of a transitioning your team is transitioning unless you're in the playoff maybe a new year six if you don't have many opt outs you're transitioning from this season into next season rather than this being still full-fledged apart of the 2023 season that's kind of how I view it again it doesn't take away that there's some really exciting players that you miss out on one last time but uh, again I think that I think it's still worth playing for sure, and it certainly some of these bowl games have already happened for these smaller teams. You can still see how much some of these teams really care about it, and that's still a lot in most cases. We're going to go ahead and take our first break here in the second hour of the program. Again, a shortened edition of the show, ending in about a half hour, about 445. So when we come back, we'll look one more time at Auburn Football Recruiting, try to make some best guesses as to where Auburn's going to land tomorrow as National Signing Day will be in full swing tomorrow of course we'll have a lot of coverage tomorrow but again today let's again remind you of some of the big names coming up here that we'll be committing in the next couple of days we'll do that and start to finish off this tuesday edition of the show after this timeout here's sports call on tiger 95.9
0: Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you're currently driving
2: in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio.
0: We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Now back to the multi-time Abbey Award winning Sports Call.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call. I'm Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, the Tiger Communications app, or if you're listening after the fact on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Brooks Childress with you here on this Tuesday. Again, reminder that we are going to be off air here in another 20, 25 minutes, something like that, as Borgard High School Basketball has another broadcast, Tim Sin, Seth Fuller, We'll be live there at the Hive for Beauregard High School Basketball, second day in a row. Really appreciate them uh, for everything they're doing with Beauregard. And so this will be our last Hornets broadcast of 2023, but we'll have plenty of action in 2024 with girls and boys basketball, baseball, and softball and the like. So, again, our show will be coming to close here in just a little bit. But for now, want to go ahead and, again, get back to some more recruiting stuff, prepare you for tomorrow's big national signing day. And, again, most of these guys we're about to talk about will commit tomorrow uh, or at the very minimum this week. Again, Ryan Williams, we're going to kind of save him for later because he is not All going right. to be committing in this part of the cycle. It is February. going to be a February commitment. He's lined up visit dates. Auburn's going to be last, whole nine yards. Uh, and so, again, that we will have more time to speculate and be anxious about that one. Uh, but it's going to focus on these guys coming up tomorrow and this week. So, uh, we'll start with the two biggest hitters, I guess, the two five-star guys. Um, L.J. McCray is going to be short and sweet. I personally don't think Auburn is going to have a great shot. McCray, he is the five-star defensive lineman committed to Florida currently, number 23 player and on three uh, number th- or number 23. When I say industry rankings, the first number I'm going to tell you is always the industry ranking. However, I'm going to follow that up by saying, on three's site, just as they grade individually, has him as the number three player in the entire country. Uh, Two four seven is the number six player in the entire country, and ESPN is number twenty three. It's rivals that has him down low at one thirty six. Uh, he would be a huge get. Auburn does need defensive lines, uh, defensive line help. Excuse me. They did get the transfer from Kansas the other day, Gage Keys, yep. trying to help with depth there. But obviously, the whole spirit of this for Auburn this whole last few months has been to build recruiting. Mm-hmm. And so McCrae's a guy uh, that they're looking hard at. And I'll go ahead and give you one more. I know I was going to start with two five-stars, but we'll start with the two at the same position. Also uh, was comm- or has been committed to Florida Maris-Williams. The four-star defensive tackle. He is the number eighty-three player in the country, so still top one hundred player. And again, sites funny because this time he's thirty-four and two-four-seven. Rivals is the second highest site for him, number sixty-four overall, and the lowest this time is on three. So on on three, loved L.J. McRae, top five player, and now they've got Williams one hundred and fifty below what the other sites do. So again, it shows you different scouts for different sites and they're going to have, it's all going to kind of even out, but another top 100 player. And the difference here is he is a 92 and a half percent chance. According to the recruiting prediction machine that on three offers 92 and a half percent chance to flip from Florida to Auburn specifically. And then there's a 2% chance. It's a flip from Florida to Ohio state. They give it what less than 1% to stay committed to Florida, uh, so again, uh, Auburn is the clear front runner here for Williams. So McCray, Williams, obviously McCray, the little bit bigger prize, but Williams looking
2: like a pretty good shot at Auburn, being able to get him. Yeah, um, you'd like to get both, but if you can only get one, that's fine.
3: Yeah, uh, if if you can get, like you said, Tom, if you can get uh, both, uh, it'd be great. If you could get one, uh, that would be still good. Um, it, it's really not a you know it it, it it's a, it, it looks like uh, you know it, the way that they've been the, this this they've been recruiting this this class it is a you know you you don't need to get you know fully get both it, it's not like the, the you know getting you're you're sitting there like these last couple of years oh if we don't get both we're we're kind of in a in a rough spot here now if you, if you can grab one if you can just get one you still feel like you're in a really good spot with this class uh going into next year
2: yeah um i you know i i'm excited all the way around uh you know, we we mentioned those specific, but there's so many other guys to to keep an eye on, and you know, I I keep following on Twitter, and you, you just see these cryptic things, and you know, uh, Zach, is is Zach Mallard or Millard the coach here at Auburn? Is it Mallard or Millard? Uh,
3: Millard, I think. I think you have the second one. Right. I don't think it's the duck.
2: The assistant secondary coach. Yeah. So, uh, you know, cryptically posting eyeball emojis—it's like, okay, what? You know, I there are these bats. You know, Trevon Reed does that a lot. He'll post, you know, the the eyeball emojis, and it usually means that there's something happening. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, whenever you get one of the coaches posting that, you're like, oh, oh, oh you know, what is it? Uh, it it's just it. I tell you this. Uh, it's 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 nice to be excited about signing day again because we've had a couple of years now where it's like, oh, gosh, like what are we doing or or, or excuse me, or what are doing. we not doing? Yeah. Uh, it feels good to be excited about it again. And I mean, you've got some you've got some bona fide studs that are already committed that you think that you're going to be able to hold on to, barring any. Uh, you know, crazy last-second shenanigans, which has happened. And and that's one of the things that I mentioned with uh, – uh asked Justin Ferguson about, when you know, when it comes to Perry Thompson because Alabama has turned the heat up on him. Um, he's a guy that was committed to Bama and flipped to Auburn uh, back a few months ago uh, and has been a, a guy that has really been hard out recruiting for Auburn. But it sounds like just, you know, from reading the tea leaves on the different sites that – Alabama is back on him heavily, so you hope there's no shenanigans there that we've seen in the past. You know, no Cyrus Quanjos uh, committing to Auburn on National Signing Day and immediately not signing and then signing with Alabama. I mean, that type of stuff. You you just hope that doesn't happen. So, um, but I, I'm I'm interested. You know, whenever you see whenever you see these coaches start throwing the cryptic eyeball emojis out there, it's that usually means there's something afoot uh in a very positive way uh if it's a secondary coach throwing that out there obviously you're like does that mean kj bolden is telling them something i i thought that that had i thought the whole kj bolden thing had gone away because uh obviously Georgia's is in play there but he made a visit to florida state where he has been committed to and seemingly acted like he was shutting it down and said he was not going to visit auburn and it felt like he was done and satisfied with FSU, but now you keep reading and seeing more things from some of the recruiting guys about that maybe that's not done, and now you're seeing the cryptic stuff from coaches. That makes me wonder, you know, is Auburn – It could Auburn legitimately get K.J. Bolden? I, I, and, I mean, you add that to what you already have. That's – Auburn is set up to have one of the more insane – recruiting classes that we've seen in, in many, many years uh, if they can hold on to all these guys. But now here's the thing. You can get all the guys in here that you want to, but you got to do something with them. Uh, we have seen that with Texas A&M. Te- Texas A&M a couple of years ago had a class that was the number one class in the country, and by like all accounts from the stats or whoever crunches the numbers, it was like the best recruiting class ever of anybody. And I don't think anybody from that class is – there may be a couple of those guys that are still on Texas A&M's team and the rest are no longer there and their coach is no longer there because they couldn't do anything with the recruiting class they had. So if you bring in a top ten recruiting class, are you going to be Texas A&M or are you going to leverage this to become Georgia or Alabama or Clemson when they were doing it? Um that's the big question: can you develop the talent and make them into college football players at the s e c level and actually do something with the class, or do they end up transferring away you end up just you know not you know scuffling your feet and not being able to get the best out of them that's that would be my only concern, but you got to start somewhere and bringing them getting them in here is a is a dang good start
1: and then again with uh k j Bolden, one of the interesting things is we just talked about. The defensive linemen that are committed about the flip or stay committed to Florida on how different some of their rankings are with the four sites, K.J. Bolden is almost about as uniform as it gets. He is the number 13 player industry ranking, 12 on rivals, 15 on 247, 16 on ESPN, 17 on on three. That is only five or six spots between all four sites, so the very universal agreement there on five-star K.J. Bolden. Again, Florida State, Auburn, and Georgia, all major players for him. There's a couple other players to get to, but we need to go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line real quickly here. Uh, only about 10, 15 minutes left in the show. Ward damn Steve. Retire Ward damn Steve is with us again. Got to be very quick today, Steve. Okay, ready? Yes, sir.
5: Go. All right, it's lightning round. Uh, I heard you call calling the for taking me on, by the way. Yes, sir. Uh, the times for tomorrow, 9 a.m. Central Time, our time for McRae. Okay, right it's miss Florida. K.J. Bolton at noon, our time, right? Yes. And I thought it was a done deal, like you said, Tom. But now uh, I'm getting all kind of uh, uh, signals that, hey, maybe it's not over and done with, right?
2: Yeah. I, it's very cryptic, but, I mean, if you read the tea leaves, that's what it seems to be pointing to.
5: All right. Marsh Williams, I thought he was in our way, but now it's not definitely. But anyway, his announcement is 1240, our time. Uh, and right now it's between us and Florida, and maybe Ohio State. I didn't know they were in the uh, the, the, the the debate as well. So uh, those are the times I've got. And then uh, Friday, which is December 22nd, will be Mr. Cohen Eccles. That's his birthday, by the way. Yes. And uh, I thought he was going to be a definite for us, but maybe not. Right? LSU uh, now is in the play.
1: Yeah, it's Auburn and LSU, and, and Auburn definitely has led the whole time, but LSU is uh, making a push here.
5: Okay. All right, moving on real quickly, guys. NFL. Did we have time yesterday to talk about it? But there's some crazy crap that went on uh, over the weekend in the NFL. One is, Taylor Swift, did you see the video clip of her saying the F word?
1: Uh, yes, yes, it did. Yeah. Yep, it Yeah, was, I, I, that was
5: hilarious. But about that play, because I saw it, I didn't watch the game, but I saw that part of the play uh, where the guy gets tackled, I mean, knocked down, uh, to say the least, You know, uh, in the end zone. And was there a penalty flag not thrown?
1: On that Kelsey play, no. And I, well, I thought he flopped anyway. I didn't think it was much of a pass interference anyway, honestly.
5: Well, I thought the, the, the defender just knocked him down.
1: Uh, that's, not, that's not exactly what I saw. They, they ended up scored anyway. I, I pr- promised they were okay.
5: Okay, see you scoring. Who's a Falcons fan?
1: Uh, Brant and Cam, who are not on the show right now.
5: Uh, man, oh, man, oh, man. You know, if they didn't have bad luck, they would have any luck at all. Nine right. to seven? Nine to seven? It's like, did Atlanta just not want to go to the playoffs or what? And then I saw the uh, uh, the video clip where they showed the number of people who were not in attendance. I mean, I, I was guessing maybe 1,000 people were, were at the game.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it, the weather was absolutely disgusting for that, and so uh... – You know, it's a a Panthers team that had won, what, one game all season long? So, yeah, their fans already weren't really excited about being there, much less in a driving rainstorm to watch uh, the pathetic Panthers against the really bad Falcons. So, yeah, I I would not have sat out in the elements to watch that. That's for dang sure.
5: Okay. And uh, what's going on now with Mr. Purdy? Uh, He's now the favorite
2: to win the MVP? MVP.
5: Uh, are you surprised by
1: that? Yeah, I mean, I, not not really, but also, yeah, yeah because, again, it, I, don't, I don't think of him as like a surefire MVP type of guy, but the, there's just not been a lot of strong play from the league's quarterbacks. There's also been injuries. There's been teams not playing as well. Uh, there's been a lot of discourse on Purdy throughout the year, and I, I certainly think that he deserves a lot of credit, but uh, I, I don't think that it's one of the stronger seasons for quarterback play that we've seen the last few years.
5: Well, I, I to me it's just uh, astounding uh, that he now he's a favorite. By the way, he's a minus one fifty favorite to win.
1: Yeah, yep,
5: uh, that's astounding. Okay, and on this day, guys, in nineteen seventeen, NHL hockey is played. Okay, okay, and they were both Canadian teams. Uh, Ottawa was one of them. I forgot who the other was. I just saw it uh, from uh, what happened this day in sports, and uh, that was, they were both Canadian teams. Well, one of them into being uh, transporting themselves into the, uh, uh, the the U.S. side. So there you have it, guys. That's all I've got. And thank you for your time. I know my time is way way up, so we'll do uh, maybe a little bit longer version tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yes, so sir. Until
5: then, okay. Where you go, guys?
1: Where you'll see. Appreciate that phone call. That is retired. I am Steve, joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Just a few more minutes left here in this Tuesday edition of the show. We'll get to the nightly TV guide here in just a second. Uh, did uh, we went through the defensive players there? Uh, the last two things and C went through Cohen Eccles again. That is a Friday commitment. That is not something happened tomorrow. Uh, LSU is getting involved. I've had my eye circled or I've, I've had my pen circling Eccles for a while now, even dating back to just before he decommitted from Texas A&M. Uh, and then the other offensive lineman of note uh, is Favor Edwin. He is the lower rated of the two. He's a three-star guy, 629 nationally. Usually wouldn't be focusing much on him, except for the fact that this is, again, this is an Auburn and Alabama battle. So despite the ranking, uh, despite the fact that usually you're not saying, oh, you know, that would be a big get. If Alabama's recruiting an offensive lineman, again, I'm going to do the offer sheet scouting that has been done on this show for a, l- a number of years, that, hey, that's probably someone you'd still like to win that battle. Uh, for uh, four especially again because it's Alabama and they have a great history with well just about every position in the last 15 years so uh, favor Edwin is also someone else to watch uh, and right now seems to be leaning Alabama but Auburn very much involved there uh, for the Eagles landing product again three-star offensive lineman favor Edwin there so uh, guys if you had to pick one of all the guys we just talked about and Auburn might very well get more than one but if you had to pick just one of those defensive linemen, McCray and Williams, of the offensive linemen, Eccles and Edwin, and then of KJ Bolden, if you only could get one of the five tomorrow or the rest of this week, who do you want?
2: Bolden, KJ Bolden. Yeah, I, because well, as Justin Ferguson said, I mean he he is he is at least supposed to be a bona fide superstar. The other guys are good. Don't get me wrong, but Bolden. Uh, the hype around him and, and what he does at the safety position is, is uh, like superstar level um if you can get him you you get him over any of those other guys so KJ Bolden's the one I I've, I've got my eyes on
3: I'm going to go Echoes, because I, I I continue to to think that this offensive line still needs work, still needs help, and you need to build that not through piecing it together with with transfer portal guys, but with high school guys. And if you get a, a really big offensive lineman uh, prospect in the in the from the high school ranks, that starts to bring another other offensive linemen, that, and, and you know you start to get uh, more and more big time offensive linemen. See see others going to the school, and they say, oh, that's the place I can go to and so uh, I, I continue to say the, the offensive line is, is a big need there, and so uh, I would want Eccles.
1: Well, those are my top two uh, <laughs> for the sake of being time different.
3: Tie break, tie break. Uh,
1: well, I wasn't even going to do that. I was just going to be different again because I, think, I think, think these are all great options that Auburn really needs slash wants, and uh, I think all these guys make sense. I'll take LJ McCray. I know that it is pro- of, of all these five, this is the least likely guy. So let me, again, put put that out there, and maybe that's why I want it because I know I can't have it type <laughs> of deal. But, again, let's not disrespect where McCray is rated. Because, again, we've been focused on Amiris Williams because that's the more likely flip to Auburn from the defensive line spot. But LJ McCray, again, number 23 nationally in the combined rankings. As high as number three on on three, number six on 247, number 23 on ESPN. It's just the rivals rating of 133 that is – knocking him down otherwise this kid would be actually a little higher rated than KJ Bolton so at least two of the sides say that so uh this kid is very high up there too I think given that Auburn if you're looking at strengths and weaknesses, I do think that there is definitely opportunity to open up in the secondary now. Don't get me wrong, KJ Bolden is neck and neck. Again, that's probably, again, you guys took mine, so I'm just making an argument for my third, real third option. But if I'm making an argument for LJ McCray, yes, the secondary is losing a lot of players, but look, Defensive line does need some work, and it's losing, again, its best asset in Marcus Harris. Again, this defensive line did not rush the passer well enough. Uh, It did a modest job in the run game, was not dominant, but did definitely a return and improved version from the team that we saw two years ago. Uh, However, they're still looking for a difference maker up front, to be honest with you. They got some great outside linebackers in this thing, and Jamonte Waller and and Joe Phillips, and they certainly – uh, Demarcus Riddick, just from the linebacking perspective as a whole. But they still need someone to dominate at the absolute line of scrimmage. And you're hoping that a guy in LJ McCray that's rated as high as number three by one of the services might very well be that guy. So uh, I would love to have him. Again, I, the caveat says if you can only have one. But I would tell you this. If Auburn landed McCray somehow, there's going to be more than one. Uh, you know, there, there, there is – uh, of, of all the guys, again, I think that he's the least likely. If I power ranked it, I think Amaris Williams is the most likely, followed then by Eccles, uh, then Bolden as the in the middle at three, then I would say Edwin at four and uh, McCray at five. Those would be how I power rank the likelihood of it. So if you did end up getting mcrae Uh, you might have a very big day. That might be the kind of difference-making day Tom's alluding to if you start going to your fourth or fifth most likely dude uh, to commit this week to you. Uh, And, again, that's before whatever happens down the road there with Ryan Williams. So we're going to be covering it all tomorrow. Uh, It will be a three-hour show tomorrow. Uh, We will give you all the updates on every guy that they they did get, the latest on Ryan Williams, if there is any more news and and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, as, uh, again, he'll be committing in February
2: and yeah. So now, so you said, uh, we were talking, discussing this off there. You don't expect it to be an earth shattering day tomorrow. Correct. You'd think it's just going to be kind of just the norm.
1: Yeah. I think they'll get about a Maris Williams and they might get Eccles on Friday. Okay. That's, that's my, that's my prediction.
2: But okay. What's I, your prediction? I, I, I honestly, I think. I think there's something stirring. I think there's something special stirring. Um, I I think they're going to get Bolden. I I think they get K.J. Bolden. I think they get Amaris. Um, I agree. There's not been enough talk about uh, L.J. um, Williams. L.J. McCray. McCray. L.J. McCray. Um, Not a lot of talk about him. Um, Not sure. I mean, obviously, he's going to be a priority because he's good. But, I, I mean, it. I, it feels like they're kind of prior prioritizing some other guys. Um but uh, I I I think both I think you get Bolden, I think you get Amaris. Um I think you hang on to the guys that you currently have. Uh I I think it's I think it's going to be a big day tomorrow. And and I think there may be I I there's the potential for for getting some other flips uh or I'm I'm not flips but uh, other uh transfer guys tomorrow as well i mean there's that potential yeah uh i i think tomorrow is going to be a very special day i I think it's going to uh i think it's going to surpass the expectations of of what is currently there right now uh and then of course it'll set up you'll we'll see what happens with eccles uh when he uh makes his announcement and then of course february with ryan williams but as far as just tomorrow goes i i think it's I think it's going to be a banner day for Auburn. Certainly hope so. Certainly hope so. And, again, we'll be covering it all
1: on tomorrow's edition of Sports Call. Final minute or two for today. Time for a nightly TV guide.
0: Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Sports Calls Nightly
1: TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Brooks, what do we have?
3: Uh, one movie pick for you this evening because there's a lot of sports on tonight. 6 o'clock on FX. It is Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Uh, not really a holiday film of this time of year, but it's still an awesome movie. One of my favorite uh, movie franchises of all times. So check that out, 6 o'clock Plethora of college basketball on for you this evening. Start off at 5.30 since we're getting off the air early on FS1. Georgetown visits Butler, 6 o'clock. It is the Jumpman Invitational from Charlotte, North Carolina, as Florida takes on Michigan. Also at 6 o'clock in Memphis, uh, battle of ranked teams between Virginia and Memphis. Follow that up tonight at 7.30 on FS1. Marquette visits Providence. Uh, And then you look around, the NBA is in action tonight, 6.30 on TNT. The Memphis Grizzlies visit the New Orleans Pelicans. Follow that up at 9 o'clock by the Celtics and the Warriors. Uh, NBA G League Winter Showcase is going on right now, 6.30 on U. College football is on tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN. The Frisco Bowl between UTSA and Marshall. And then, of course, 8.30 tonight on ESPN2. Jumpman Invitational continues on the women's side of things. North Carolina and Oklahoma do battle from Charlotte, North Carolina. And that, my friends, is your nightly TV guy brought to our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer.
1: Thank you very much for that, Brooks. And, again, that will do it for this shortened edition of the show today. Again, Borgard High School basketball, girls and boys coming up right after us. Brooks Childress, thank you for being here today. We'll see you again on the show tomorrow. Yes, sir. And, Tom Peavy, thank you for being here today. We'll see you again tomorrow as well.
2: Oh, glad to be back and looking forward to tomorrow as well. Again, it's going to be a big day.
1: I, hope, I Again, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. You're manifesting, and I'm just hoping. Uh, that will do it for the show today. Again, though, we appreciate all those that tuned in and called in and thank Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer for joining us today as well. For Brooks Childress and Tom Peavy, my name is Ryan LeBoy. Have a great Tuesday night, and we'll see you again tomorrow for signing day.